Hello and welcome to another episode of the Verb Pod Network. Thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to you by GoPro and the brand new GromQuest. Don't know about GromQuest? I'll tell you about it. Here's how it works. Step one, go get yourself a GoPro. Step two, film your little Grom or yourself ripping, or it could even be your buddy Bob, doesn't matter. Step three, submit that footage to GromQuest. Step four, maybe win some awesome prizes and be a part of the GoPro team. Submissions to GromQuest must feature an individual under the age of 18. So slaw dog, you're probably not eligible. Visit gopro.com forward slash en slash us slash awards to learn more and enter. Now, let's get to the pod. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. You probably saw me running amok around Loretta Lynn's this past week, and yeah, my, my voice sounds a little bit rough, but that's what you ha- what's a, that's what happens when you have just so much fun out at the ranch. We're gonna do like a whole review of that event uh, and my experiences uh, at a different podcast. That's not this podcast. This podcast is about Jadon Cooper, the 700 in your program. But if you're watching Loretta's, he's either running number 70 or number nine. This guy grabbed himself a championship this last uh, this last week, his first championship at the ranch, and he couldn't be happier. Saw the smile on his face, I had to call him up. Jadon, welcome to the Verb Moto broadcast. Thank you. It feels good to be on. Very blessed to be here. Hey, I, I, I love it, man. I, I, this is not a video call, but I can tell you're smiling on the other side of this one. Oh, yeah. I'm for sure. I'm smiling hard over here right now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, dude, like... D- your your energy at the track this last week was absolutely infectious. Um, like obviously, anyone's happy when they win a race, when they're doing well, uh, and you had that going all week, regardless of uh, like what position you were in, um, how the, the how the weather was on you. Um, and we're gonna get to that. Um, but before we yeah. get to this last week and uh, and your championship at the ranch, we gotta spin the clocks back. We gotta go back to where this story begins. <laughs> And uh, like like many kids that uh, get their first dirt bike, you got yours on Christmas morning. Um, tell me about the genesis, about the idea behind getting you a bike to begin with, as well as uh, that that Christmas morning, that magical Christmas morning where you got your first bike. Yeah, so it was, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long story. So when I was seven years old, my dad used to take my brothers and sisters to Nuclear Cowboys. It was a freestyle event back then, kind of like the Nitro Circus deal. And my dad, he used to race street bikes. And he took me to Nuclear Cowboys for the first time. And I really, I was into it a lot, but I wasn't really a big fan of the tricks. Like, I kind of scared me a little bit. So he said, I was just saying that there was something I can do on the dirt bike without tricks. So we looked it up. And then Supercross was, like, the first thing that popped up. So I watched that. I was like, yeah, like, that looked that looks great. I want to do that. He was like, are you sure? Because he expected me to want to ride a motorcycle instead of the dirt bikes because none of my other brothers or sisters wanted to. So for Christmas morning, I remember I woke up and it was a motorcycle like from Walmart or something. And this Chinese dope, this Chinese Kawasaki pit bike that I've never heard of before, but he got me that. It was, either one of those two to pick from and i chose the dirt bike and ever since then like i wasn't serious at all about it until i turned 15 years old 
and that's when I started racing the nationals and stuff like that. But it really started when I was seven, and I've just been hooked on dirt bikes. I've I just loved loved dirt bikes for like my whole life. That's awesome, dude. And hey, I, I can uh, I can relate to that. I got my bike, my first bike at nine years old, and uh, yeah, it's just been yeah. off to the races ever since. Um, so, what does your dad do? What do your parents do? How how and and how did your dad like? Have you did you ever have you ever asked your dad about how he got introduced to the sport of motocross or uh, even like motorcycles in general? So back then, my dad, me, my dad, my family, we had no clue, no clue that motocross was even a thing. Love it. So I just got into it by the when I asked if there was no tricks because he just liked the freestyle part. But my dad, he just used to ride his, his motorcycle just down the road with his buddies when he was younger and just stuff like that. And that's pretty much how that started. And it was it was just crazy because we just knew nothing about the sport whatsoever. And I just got into it. I was completely blind when I was seven years old. I went to a track, and I remember I tried to get on the track for, like, all the big bikes, and I was on a little 50. <laughs> and it was just – it was so bad, but – it was definitely worth it. And my dad, he's an aircraft dispatcher okay. for planes. He does. Okay. He works for and does the planes. And my mom works for the church. So it was no motocross relation at all. And I kind of just had to learn everything on my own day by day and just grind it out and do a lot of studying. That's awesome. So you, you, you get this, this Chinese sort of knockoff Kawasaki, uh, which is yeah. like, hey, everyone starts somewhere, man. Um like how how does that like kind of turn itself into like what track did you go to the for the very first time and how do you get introduced to the to the community and, and when you did get introduced to the community how wel- welcoming were they to you uh, like I assume that like you're from Texas uh, so uh, yeah I assume that like I when when I showed up to the track it's like this like common bond where people that anyone who's interested immediately just pulled in was that the same story for you um. Yes, it, they actually were very welcoming. So I used to ride across the street from my house, actually, at a, a church. Okay. And they had a little field, and it had one hill on it. Like, it was the smallest hill in the world. But anytime I would catch any type catch any type of air, my chain would fall off on that bike. So we just had to keep putting the chain on over and over, and I will just do laps around the field all day, all day. And one day, someone that rides, um, came to the track, I mean, came to the church and was like, hey, like, I see a kid riding. They were t- talking to my dad. I was like, I see a kid riding all the time and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about taking him to a real track? And then my dad was like, no, there's no way I'm putting my boy on that track with all those guys, those pros and stuff like that. And then the guy was like, we have little bike practice and big bike practice. Like, he won't be riding with him. So he, was, he gave me his, like, number. He gave us his number and we called him. And he was like, hey, there's a track called Freedom MX. It's like 15 minutes from my house in Crosby, Texas. And I remember going there for the first time, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have to ride on this. Like, I was so intimidated. But when I got out there, I started having so much fun. And just the people around at the track were saying, like, hey, it's your first time here. Like, the motocross industry is honestly awesome. I love it. So that felt good. And everybody was, yes, very welcoming. And I had a lot of help along the way, and that's pretty much how it got started. You get started, you start racing. Um, like, you, at what age did you start like actually racing and riding? Did you ride eighty fives, or did you go straight? Like, had you been riding long enough, you start went straight to big bikes? Yes, no. I 
started on 65. Okay, so you quite, started quite young, quite small. Yes, sir. I started on 65, and that's when I first started trying for Loretta's was on 65. Oh, I wow. didn't get there until 125. I didn't make it until 125. So I went through the whole 65 process. I used to race like the you know, local night series and stuff. I used to hit a few nationals. And when I got on 85, I started hitting some more nationals, going to minios and stuff like that. And I was just, my big goal was just to go to Loretta's. I just wanted to go to Loretta's and I was like, okay, let's just make it to Loretta's and I'll be the happiest dude alive. So we finally made it in 2017 after trying for five years straight. And that was just, that was one of the biggest days of my life. I remember that day, like I pulled off the track after the regional, I was just almost in tears. I was like, I just made it to the biggest event. And I was just so, so blessed and just pumped. So to be able to win the event now, it just, it feels surreal. Honestly, it's been a dream of mine since I was seven, but like a real big dream of mine. Hey, well, you're, you're preaching to the choir, my friend, because, uh, yeah, I, I put this race as high on a pedestal as you can possibly put it. I, uh, I glorified <laughs> this race and, um, like everything about it. And, I, I told Davey Coombs this to his face. I told uh, Carrie Joe Coombs to their face as well. Um, I, I couldn't have had higher expectations of what I was hoping for with Loretta's. And yes, it rained a ton while I was there. But the entire event, the um, just the pageantry and everything about it, it, it blew my expectation out of the water, which I'll admit was would have been really hard to do. Because like I said, I, I couldn't have put it any higher up on a pedestal or, or glorified it any more than I was. Um, just because like, it, it's just, it's an aspirational race to go to. It's the who's who, like when you, you explain to somebody how you and even get to go there as a racer, it, be, it becomes the most exclusive place you can possibly think of as far as like racing goes. And, uh, for those who get to go there, there's like maybe like 1300 racers every year that get to go there. That is 1300 success stories that, uh, we absolutely love. Um, I'm curious, as to, like, how did it, how did it come to pass that that race, like, like, when did you first find out about that race and, and who are the, some of the racers that you looked up to? Like if you're on 65s, like you're probably looking up to like guys like perhaps, um, Eli Tomac or, uh, Blake Baggett, those types of guys, like who are the guys that you were just like, okay, I, I need to be like these guys. So I remember that's a great question. I appreciate that. So I used to watch Loretta Lynn's whenever I, after I first got my dirt bike, I looked up motocross races. Just that's what I typed in on YouTube. And Loretta Lynn's was like the first video and it was the heart of motocross. Yes. And I remember it and I was like, man, I was like, there's, I saw Adam Cincerello in it and Cooper. And I remember watching a video of Loretta's with Cooper Webb in it. And me and my mom watched it so many times. And he said the first year he went, he didn't do that great. But he told his dad, he was like, I'm going to come back the next year and win it. And then that video just inspired me so much because he actually did come back the next year and win it. And it just showed me, like, man, if I work hard, then I can do what Cooper Webb did. And I've looked up to Cooper Webb and Chase Sexton, all of them for just a very long time. Like, all the just top riders, I have so much respect for them. And I just try to take a little bit out of everybody's book to add it to my craft. And I just... Yep, that's it. I just love really Cooper Webb and Chase Section. Those are my like two favorite up there for sure. Studied a lot of James. Love James. Just Stephen Everett. There's a lot of people out there I love. I love them all, honestly. Certainly. And uh, I, I, I hope that you got to meet uh, Malcolm and some of the other uh, 
like top flight superstars that were rolling around, maybe shake Damon Bradshaw's hand. I know he's, he's honestly, he's even before my <laughs> time really. Uh, but he was a really cool guy. Uh, who are some of the guys that you got to meet? Um, and then we'll get into the story of your first time heading off to the ranch. Well, some of the guys I got to meet actually this week was very cool. Like the hundred percent people, they're very welcoming. The whole blue crew Genolfi, staff. My guy, my, my guy, Genolfi is just a good dude. <laughs> yeah, he's dope. He's so rad. So I got to meet the blue crew staff, the fly racing staff. Hope she's very welcoming, very nice. The whole EBR team, they're very welcoming, very nice. And I got to talk to just some of the AMA officials that I've never talked to and just all the sponsors that I've like dreamed of just to be sponsored by in any type of way. The fact that some of them will like come up to me like after the motos and tell me congratulations. It just really made me feel good. And was like, man, this has been a dream of mine. I've always looked up to all these sponsors and people like that. So it definitely felt good. And just met a lot of the, the industry that I've looked up to. I even met like, like Axel, like cool with Axel the sickest thing and then literally after Loretta's Ryan Dungey he started following me so that made me pretty happy so that's cool it, it's for sure and I'm just just grinding it out and trying to do the best I can dude that is so cool so I I love that story man and you have a cool story that's why you're on the podcast period um the first time you roll into the ranch like I imagine yeah. eyes wide uh, it's not, it's not cheap to go. It's not easy to go. And then once you're there, um, like it's a, it's a struggle to get there. And then you, you get there and you open the, 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 the car door, the camper door and the humidity is a left hook to your jaw. Like it, that, that, like it is, it is means serious business. Like it's a famous saying by, uh, Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And the humidity and the heat from uh, Loretta's punches you square in the mouth. Um, oh yeah! Like as, as like it, it's a it's a uh, exciting feeling, and then at the same time, it's a very daunting feeling that you're gonna have to uh, battle through practice and whether it's three or six motos uh, of maybe the most grueling conditions that uh, the sport has ever seen uh, on a track that's oh, yeah. not very forgiving. It doesn't have a lot of time to rest. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, so my first year going to the ranch, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I was just on cloud nine by just making it. So yeah. I remember we went, actually, one story real quick. My Go first time it. at Loretta's, I was alternate in 2015. And that was, I remember going to the regional at Golden Pines and I got like 14 or something like that at the regional and they only picked top six. And I remember I didn't make it. I was like, okay. So I just kept, you know, I took a little bit off. I just kept riding and I was just, you know, upset. You know, I didn't make it. That was just my dream to make it. And I remember they MX Sports texted and it was like, hey, like you are on the alternate list, like sign up and you might be able to race. And instantly in my mind, I thought, you know, I was just lining up and racing. So I went to this local track by my house, Rio Bravo. And I did just try to do 20-minute motos. I told my mom to put the clock off for 20-minute motos. You know, I was just all hyped up about the situation. And then turns out I was one of the first alternates. So we were like, we're going to go. We didn't have any numbers or anything like that. We just had the stock, like Loretta's plates, and we put mailbox numbers on them. And I, I remember I went down to the gate. To, I did practice, and I didn't even – I doubled the Ten Commandments. And I was the happiest guy ever. I was just in a dream, like riding the track. I was like, no way, I'm riding Loretta's. And this was on the 85s. 
And the tunnel jump after the finish line, I don't know what that thing was doing to me, but I was so scared of that jump. I was like, that's the only jump I need to hit on the track. I need to hit that jump. So comes moto time, I'm one of the first alternates. I have my little just numbers on. I don't even have a bib or anything, just hoping, you know, I can race. And I go down to the gate, and the alternate, the dude, the whole gate isn't full yet. And there's some people missing. There's one dude missing. There's 41 people on the gate, and there's one dude missing. And they're telling me I might be able to race. I might be able to race. And I remember they were doing some track work. And as soon before I was about to pull on the gate, they told me I had to go back to the pit because the other guy had just showed up. And that right there lit the fire under me forever, for life. I will always remember how that feeling was. I was in tears for three days. I was like, I was so close to racing. You know, I dreamed of this. Like, I had Siri on my phone calling me Loretta Lynn's kid before I went just for that motivation. And I just... That really hurt, but it motivated me, and that's the best thing, honestly, that could have happened to me. And I just remember that every single day I work hard, and that's always in the back of my head, and that just gives me extra motivation to grind harder. I love that, dude. And honestly, like that's a really powerful thing that you were able to harness because that feeling could go one of two ways. That could be extreme disappointment, and, and someone could get they could get mad, and they could get uh, dis, like just utter disappointment and not be able to battle back from that and you were able to flip that flip that on its ear and uh kind of almost use like the um what annie priscilla they use the power of the dark side to kind of like like grab grass and growl and say i'm i'm gonna uh i'm gonna like i'm gonna make sure that like i'm not gonna be an alternate next time i I, like i'm gonna let to put my fate in somebody else's hands to show up or not i'm just gonna make it and uh, you made it on a 125, dude. And honestly, like watching the 125 class, like I loved watching so many different classes this weekend. Uh, obviously, I enjoyed it a little bit more when there wasn't just pure mud out there. Although you like a mud moto every once in a while, but the 125 class is wild. And I'll tell you why, because like literally everyone who shows up, whether like whether they race locally or they go to a, a, a training facility, every single one of those 125s are absolute rippers. And everyone, like anyone who, who's ridden a 125 knows the only way to ride one is basically to like leave the throttle taped and just modulate the, the throttle with the, with the, the clutch. You are just basically just abusing both the, the throttle cable and the clutch basket for 20 minutes straight. And every single one of those kids is used to being like a top five starter. But guess what? There's 41 guys in the gate somebody's going to come around that first corner in 42nd and they're going to have their work cut out for them. Someone who's normally leading their laps at their local races is going to be mired somewhere in the middle of the pack and they're going to try and move forward and the people behind them are trying to move forward and some of the guys at the front, they might end up sliding backwards and it's literally 20 straight minutes of the most like chaotic, like throttle-pinned, mistakes being made, two-stroke, all day long. Like, it is absolute, utter chaos, and it doesn't stop for 20 minutes. Like, you know how, like, a lot of races, they sort of, like, the first lap is wild, and then it sort of falls into a pace? The 125 class is literally just 21 minutes of first lap mayhem. It's it's ridiculous. I know that's hard. They they send it. They send it, for sure. It's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite classes. That and the 65s, because it's just ignorance is bliss, and those kids just pin it. They're like, whatever. Dad's going to scream at me if I don't pin it, so I'm pin it. Um, <laughs> that that, that kind of brings me to my next question for you. What was 
your upbringing as far as racing goes? Like, obviously, like you sound very self-motivated, um, but like usually with moto- with motocross, you need a little bit more. You need a, like a parent who uh, really wants to see you get to that next level. It's not cheap to get to that next level. You need support from not only family but some sponsors as well. Um, what did that landscape look like for you? Uh, who, who's the person in your corner that, uh, that helps, helps you stay motivated? Um, it's, I, I, I assume most times it's usually the dad, but in your case, I think it might be your mom. <laughs> oh yeah. It's definitely a mix of both of them. I just, my motivation really comes from whenever, before I even started racing dirt bikes, I used to play basketball okay. and I used to play basketball with fun. And they just always worked so hard. I used to see my dad go to overtime, like, just to get me to go somewhere. Like, he'll go work just extra days all the time just to help me support my dream in basketball at first. And then whenever I started doing motocross, it was the same thing. He started working even extra, and he just went the extra mile. My mom was doing extra, like, so much. And just seeing how hard they worked, and that just showed me, like, man, they believe in me. Well, why don't I just believe in myself? And I just know, like I said, just how hard they work. And it just makes me want to, because I'll never be able to pay them back realistically, but I just want to show them that the hard work is worth it at the end of the day. And that's why to be a Loretta's champion, I wrote, I wrote in my journal years ago, I have a, I still have the page and it was like, I will be a Loretta's champion one day. And it was so many years ago. And I just remember how many people laughed at me for it. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was kind of hard for me to believe in myself, but I was just one of my biggest dreams ever. So just seeing my parents sticking behind me through all the adversity and injuries I went through and them going an extra mile, that just made me like, why don't I give them my 110% if they're giving me 100 Dude, that is, uh, I I love that. I absolutely love the motivation behind that. I love the recognition uh, that you saw, like someone else, like, like busting their, their butt. And honestly, that, that is so, like, obviously I don't have the same skills as you behind behind the controls of a dirt bike, but I was the same way with, with my dad. Like my dad, like, honestly, he didn't really like get behind the gate and like, oh, you got to win this race. But, um, like when it comes to like putting an effort on the bike or like not going out on weekends and stuff like that, it was like, I saw my dad's a bricklayer and he, I'd see how hard he works and he'd, he'd come home sweaty and dirty and covered in concrete dust and, and how hard he had to work in order for me to be able to do the things that I got to do. And I like, I, I just, I, I couldn't bring it within me to like kind of let that guy down in that respect. Like obviously like if I had a bad race, I have a bad race, but like I'm going to at least yeah. put myself in a position where I'm going to be able to give my best. And I think that was a, he, he appreciated that and I appreciated his work. So, um, appreciation and recognition goes both ways. It looks like you learned that from a very young age. Yes, sir. And that's just what my mom and dad instilled in me to always be humble, always be respectful and always keep God first. And I just each and every day try to go grow closer and closer to God. And actually Malcolm McCashy, just seeing how close he, he is with God. And like, we send each other Bible verses and stuff like that. Some cool. days. And I like it's, it. It's uplifting to see the sport and just see everybody that believes in Christ because in all honesty, he's the creator of all. So we just have to always know who to keep first. 
Well, there you go. I guess that also brings me to a question that I wanted to talk to you about because you are very outspoken about your faith, and there's been uh, a number of racers in the past who, uh, like some more than others, but and it obviously was a very very common thing for for racers to uh, thank the the man upstairs for uh, for for the protection during motos and stuff like that. Whether that's something told to them to say by their parents or something that they truly believe in, or that's regardless, but. There's some racers out there like a, a Shane McElrath or Trey Kennard who have not been shy whatsoever about uh, being very out, outspoken. And um, like, does 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 racers like that or the actions of racers like that uh, help you sort of say like, no, like I, I can also be outspoken about it. It's not something that um, I have to sort of uh, keep behind closed doors or anything like that. I, I can be proud of uh, of my faith and uh, and, and share that uh, that belief and on all, all that fun stuff. Where do you stand on that? Yes, that's honestly in the Bible. That is my our job to spread the, the word of God. And I'm just trying to do my, my job the best that I can and just get his name out there because none of this, like I said, will be possible without him. And it is very, very inspiring to see, like, Trey Kennard, like you said, Shane Malcroft, and even Caden Broswell. Like, I see him always thanking the Lord after every race. And it honestly makes me feel super good. And it's like, wow, like, these guys really take that into initiative and keeping them first and just to see the result and see them succeed under God's will just makes me like very happy. And that's why um, the previous results, my previous good results just feel so rewarding because I know that God just took me through this road and I've just trusted him and to see these rewards come along and dreams come true. It just makes it all worth it. And I'm just going to stay as close as I can to him until I die. I love it, dude. Well, that, that is uh, it's an extremely powerful thing. I, I think uh, regardless of how anyone else feels about it, those who, who do want to be close to God, uh, I think that they can grab strength from that and, and see that you're a, a positive influence. Now, um, <clears throat> you, you'd mentioned that you, you, you obviously watched James a lot uh, growing up, yeah. uh, Malcolm, <laughs> uh, other, other uh, like say like a, a Jalik Swole. Um, yeah. Like, is, are you aware of how how impactful your championship is this weekend, and and how much of a role model that you can be to uh, other black African American uh, racers who who aspire to get to your level one day? Um, I, I like some people scoff at it. Some people truly truly believe in it. Is that you need to be able to see someone who looks like you, so to speak, like like, like looks like themselves uh, up at the top. Uh, of the step, and I think that's uh, there is validity to that. Like, um, like honestly, I I never really thought much about it growing up, but I also the sports that I looked uh, that I was interested in had white guys at the top step of the podium, or at the they're playing center or, or the captain of the hockey team or whatever it happened to be. So I, that never really registered with me. But like, where how does that? How do you feel about that whole like the um, the idea behind that, and and are you aware of just how impactful that that can be for a young person who who this might have been their first time watching Loretta's, and they uh, like so there's a there's a black kid somewhere in the states, somewhere somewhere else in the world who saw that, and, and like you're part of their journey now. Honestly, I didn't even know that it was that impactful until after the championship. I went back and chilled for a little bit before my next moto and then I looked at my phone and it was a good amount of like, you know, African American kids that just told me like, Hey, I've been watching all of your races. Like I've looked up to you for a very long time. And that just felt very good because like the Jaleeks, the James Stewart and Malcolm, like I've looked up to them since 
I've known who they were. And that just feels good that someone can say the same about me. And it was honestly kind of crazy and surreal because, you know, I just, like I said, just started from just the Little Rock bottom and I was that same kid just looking up to them. So it feels good and it's a blessing for sure. Certainly. So, like, <clears throat> for you, seeing James, seeing Jalik, seeing uh, seeing Malcolm, like, w- was that a powerful thing to be, like, so, like, uh, that I can do it too? Or was it something that didn't really register with you growing up? No, it was definitely an I can do it too because it's, it was just so inspiring mm-hmm. to just see how some races and some seasons, how those guys just took over and just really put the power to the ground. They were just doing great. And that was very inspiring. I was like, I feel like I can do that. I just have to work with every ounce of hard work I have in my body and just overachieve. And that ever since I've been motivated since then, like I said, that race at Loretta's when I got pulled off the, the gate before I even got to race, ever since then I've worked and pu- pushed my body over the limit. Like it's been no short selling myself. I've just been pushing my body over the limit because I just felt like it was possible, even though it was so far away to get to this point. I, back then, three years ago, it was so far away. Like, there's no way you could have told me I was going to win Loretta's this year. But just seeing their hard work and how th- the hard work is paid off for them. And I was like, if I work hard, maybe that can be me. I was like, nothing beats a failure but a try. So I'm just going to try my hardest, work my hardest. And it's a dream come true. And it came true three days ago. So I'm very blessed and thankful. Dude, I, I can tell the, the smile hasn't come off your face ever since. And I love that attitude of why not me? Why like why can't I go and, and, uh, and achieve those things? And in order to achieve things we've never achieved, we've got to go do things we've never done. Uh, and it sounds like you've put in the work uh, in order to do that. You've also changed manufacturers. There's been a lot of sort of flux in the last year. You were on uh, on KTM's. Uh, you're on different gear. Um, how did you get the, hooked up with the the EBR guys? Uh, now on Yamaha's. Obviously, they're great. It's a great platform to be on. Um, tell me about that connection, building a relationship with those guys, and getting comfortable on those Blue Crew bikes. For sure. So I've actually known Josh. Uh, long when I my first ever time at the track, Josh was there actually. Okay, and he's seen me since then, and he's kind of kept up with me. And then he saw me at the nationals more and more. And I remember at the regional, I was talking to him. I needed some parts and stuff like that, and they were very helping and they're very welcoming already. And I remember I did pretty good at the regional. I won. My first ever region, I won college boy and got second in both 450 classes. And literally the day after, my dad got a call from Josh and said that, how would you like to be under the tent at Loretta's? And that just sent so much joy through my heart because that's another one of my biggest goals ever is to ride for a team. And that put so much joy and confidence. I remember as soon as I heard the news, I just went outside and just started running. Like I just did a, another workout, extra workout. Cause I was just, it was so much thrill and I just worked hard. And I remember getting to the event and Josh and the whole team, they were very welcoming and they helped me a ton. Everybody was super nice. It's my teammates. They were great. And it was just an awesome, awesome experience. And I'm very thankful that opportunity came a long way and I'm very glad I made that decision. Certainly, sir. So where where do you go from here? Um, 
you you won. Was that your first moto win, by the way, when you won the the, the second moto uh, at Loretta's so, uh, this last weekend, or, or had you won one before that? That was my first ever top five, first ever. Holy moto crap! Win, podium. Oh, you got first some firsts out of your way, baby. Yes, sir. A lot of a lot of firsts there. Like all the stuff I did this year, I've never done before. I've always just wanted a medal. I remember just looking up just the medals on google screenshotting and putting them as my home screen like i'm gonna get one of these one day like it's it's been a long time and it just it really feels special so i'm 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 pretty happy about it the kids on cloud nine probably i mean haven't even gotten to sort of uh having it register and like what where do we go from here but uh, had you given any thought oh, to yeah. uh to what the future holds for uh for jadon cooper yeah for sure so actually just talking with Josh and stuff a little bit earlier today. I plan on doing the Moto Combine and Ironman coming up. Okay. So that will be good, and I'm very excited about that. And I really want to finish out this year in the B class. And going to the Combine, you know, we're going to get our feet wet because it's a mix of A and B riders. So to see how we're looking for A or and how we're looking for B still. So that will be very good. And heard a lot of things about that event, so I'm excited. And just going to try to finish on the B-Class, do the best that I can, and just open as much eyes as I can and going into the following year. And hopefully we can have just a very great pro year next year. And I really want to be at the top of this sport one day. So I'm not going to stop until I know I did the best I can. And I feel like I'm very far from that. And I'm just even hungrier and motivated after the championship. So it's just hard work from now. And just going to see how far we can go. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I, I look forward to seeing your story unfold. Uh, I, I hope that you're patient with yourself uh, along the way, uh, uh, exercising active patience, uh, understanding that it might be a long road uh, to get to where you want to be, uh, but um, to just just take take it day by day. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be days where you, you move 10 steps forward. There's going to be a day or two where you might move five or six steps back. Um, but as long as yes, we continue sir. moving forward to where we want to be, I think that's a strong thing. Awesome. I would definitely keep that in mind. And actually had some good workouts after the ranch. I came home and just started doing workouts because I just want to stay as sharp as I can. Oh, yeah. And that meant a lot. So I want that feeling again. So I'm just motivated, like I said, to work harder and patience. I do need patience. And just learning that, but the Bible, I read a scripture every morning that helps me atone with my patience and just putting everything into God's hands. So that helps a ton. Certainly, my friend. Well, uh, I know you have an impressive list of sponsors. You probably don't have a white, uh, like a pit board in front of you with all of them written down. <laughs> um, but I give you this opportunity right now here on the Verb Moto broadcast to thank everybody who's gotten you to the place you're at right now, a Loretta Lynn's champion. <laughs> I have to thank God for keeping me safe, number one. My parents, my mom and dad, the whole EBR crew, they've helped me a ton. My coach, Sean Hackley, the 152 crew, they've helped me a ton. My, I call him, he's, my, he's really his family to me. He's my ex-coach, Andrew Pierce. Just had dinner with him last night, and he's helped me. He actually got me to the ranch for the first time ever. Kyle Williams, I have to thank him. Got to thank the church. They've been behind me a ton, my aunts my my uncles dunlop um just it's it's surreal lsr i gotta thank my old mechanic lsr javier i gotta thank even my friends 
for, for helping me out and just always believing in me and a ton of more people, but they know exactly who they are. The whole crimes family has helped me out a ton with living, staying and just motivation, workout trainer, my workout CrossFit trainer, Evan, he's helped me a lot. We have a lot of workouts Monday through Friday and man, just it's, it's an army. It's an army. So it's a, it's a ton of them and everyone that's, that's helped me. They know exactly who they are, and I just want to thank them as well. Awesome, man. Very well said. Uh, 35 minutes of pure gold with Jadon Cooper. Uh, Jadon, I really appreciate you making the time for us today on the Verb Moto broadcast. This will also be available on Big MX Radio, so it'll be a double, days, double dose of Jadon on, on iTunes as well as Spotify. And uh, yeah, if I twist those boys' rubber arm, maybe they throw some B-roll over top of this and it'll be available on YouTube as well. I think that would be a powerful thing. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get to working on that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's a dream come true. I appreciate it, sir. Well, there you have it. Verb Moto's interview with Jadon Cooper. You're going to want to get to know this kid a little bit more, so go follow him on, on, on all forms of social media. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Verb Moto broadcast. Now go get yourself some throttle therapy. Kids up to grown man Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water now Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies, hypnotized by the whisper Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling Line on the field If you can put it all together three times This one week of racing could This one.